0: Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground Podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and we're here with kind of a little bit of late-breaking news, uh, but breaking news this week, nonetheless. As we uh, head into the NFL Draft, uh, w- one week away now, and uh, this little special edition means that uh, I'm going to bring along Zach Flash Caledonia for the ride here, man. And uh, how's it going, dude? How, how you doing? I, I know you're. We had to bring you along because it's wide receiver news. We cannot do it without you. Let's put it that way.
1: My favorite spot, my my sons. I'm so (laughs) excited, dude. I, I, um, been pushing and hoping the Steelers would do something about that wide receiver three spot. And they did in a big way, uh, almost classic Steelers of them to have it go through when nobody was expecting and have it be such a surprise move, but a quality move also very Steelers. Um, and that was training for Allen Robinson, essentially for nothing. So, yeah, I am in great spirits. And they did that on a day where I had a tattoo appointment. So I was getting all <laughs> the good feelings at once.
0: Were you able Were you able to address your phone? Like, Or, or your appointment was after that, maybe? Because it was like yeah, right thankfully, around lunchtime. It, it
1: was uh, the desk had settled. By the time that I was in the chair,
0: that's good. That's good. In case you don't, uh, folks don't know, he's getting like the Brock Lesnar type thing, like with the sword and down his straight down his chest. Oh, it's very similar though. It's not the exact same thing. It's like Close some enough, yeah. Eye of the Tiger stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it's wide receiver. It's wide receiver news. You and I did the show on whether or not the Steelers would surprise everyone with a wide receiver pick. And we will talk about that with the draft implications, but first it's the roster impact. And you already kind of uh, put it out there. There's people out there like, oh, what's going on? This guy, this, that, and the other thing. Like, why would they make this move? And look, number one, (laughs) it was just a swap. Like they moved back 16 picks in this trade with the seventh round swaps. So the Steelers are swapping seventh round picks. And in the seventh round, you're not gonna find a guy of the caliber of a veteran with the experience with very good statistical seasons in the past as an Allen Robinson to fill your roster. We discussed as to whether or not they would look at something in the draft and we, they may still, we don't know, but looking at this from the outside in, the total roster, you had Deontay Johnson and that's like your only veteran guy. You have George Pickens, he's going to enter year two, and you got to hope. There's high hopes. There's high expectations. George Pickens looks like a dude. But don't forget, we had high expectations for Juju. We had high expectations for Chase Claypool. We had high expectations for James Washington, Sammy Coach. You could go all the way down the line. There's been some sophomore slumps or some unfulfilled expectations with the wide receivers that have been in and out of Pittsburgh. So why not add a guy? Well, the rest of the roster, right? Calvin Austin, the third Anthony Miller, like those guys look great in camp. They both got hurt in camp. They haven't played football since like last July and August.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you thought the Steelers were going to roll into 2023 with Calvin Austin, who I like I'm rooting for as the number three receiver, then you don't have all. I tried to explain this before. And I mean, you can still be the most optimistic and hopeful Steeler fan on the planet. You know, trust me, I am. I live that way. And you have to realize that. The Steelers have a job to do. It's a business at the end of the day. And no one's, I've seen this a lot, no one's not giving Calvin Austin a chance here. Nobody's tearing him down. I i want him to succeed very much. I'm sure the Steelers do as well. He was a fourth-round pick last year. He hasn't even been a Steeler for a full calendar year. They want him to work out. But just to go along and pretend that you're A-OK with a guy who didn't play at all as a rookie because of a foot injury, a serious foot injury, well, then you got your head in the clouds, and you're not paying attention. The Steelers made the right move here. Okay, So best-case scenario, I should say worst-case, no, we'll do best-case first. Best-case scenario, get to the good stuff first. So Calvin Austin ends up being fine, and he can play, he can contribute, he can give you something different on offense, and you got Allen Robinson as well. Worst case scenario would have been the Steelers don't make a move like this. And Calvin Austin has a setback in training camp or he gets hurt in preseason or week one or something goes wrong with his foot. And I'm not normally the the doom and gloom type, but there's a difference between doom and gloom and just preparing for the worst. And in this case scenario, I don't know how you can be mad because they get a guy who's still 29 which is crazy. <laughs> he's going to be 30 by week one of this season, but Alan Robinson is still 29 years old. He's a yeah. proven successful receiver, a phenomenal receiver. Yeah. He's gotten, gotten into a bit of a slump the past two years, but I don't blame him for last year at all. Okay. He went to the Rams on a fat contract. Very, very well-paying deal. And Stafford gets hurt when Stafford's in there. He doesn't throw to anybody except Cooper cup. Yeah. Cooper cup gets hurt. And Robinson really only ended up pay- only ended up playing 10 games of the season. He still put up 33 catches, 339 yards and three touchdowns on 10 games. So, yeah, that's not a all pro stat line. But given the circumstance and the situation and where he's at skill wise still, I was rather surprised that a lot of the haters were trying to say he's washed out oh, and he didn't have it last year. I'm like, I don't think it was as bad as people want you to believe when you really take a step back and look at all those different factors.
0: Yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to dig deeper into the washed part. Um, I was going to ask you, did, you've been keeping up with Mandalorian uh, by any chance uh, i didn't i did like, not
1: No, i'm slacking on that
0: i didn't feel like changing today uh it kind of an emergency episode i'm um, hoping to get brian with some more draft stuff here too as well before the, the week pirates closes, too but. good i
1: can't take my eyes off them so they're taking up all my time
0: <laughs> yeah cutch man remember don't forget man there could be some real like significant correlations between this trade and bringing uh andrew mccutcheon back right um Everybody thought that that was just going to be a gimmick, try and bring in, uh, sell tickets and everything. And uh, he's he's 36 years old. He's playing like he's the man right now. Like he's uh, got MVP that season minute. coming. Yeah, MVP season. I know we're only like what 20 games in or something like that. So it's like, it's, yeah, but this is more, this is haul. better
1: than they usually start. Oh, like, I know. Off the past few years, like at this point, I would expect to see a little more classic pirates, and I haven't. So that's a good sign.
0: Yeah, it's better, and of course, you don't have the pens to watch right now for the first time in like 18 years or something, too. So this time of year, man, it's it's it's, sad and pathetic, but at least they don't have to lose to like the Islanders or something in the playoffs. That's like
1: like as long as my memory goes, like my conscience. (laughs) I don't remember much more past 18 years ago, and like every year in my life, the Penguins have been – in the playoffs, and I've said forever, I'm like, hockey's crazy, man. They play all year long, and I've always thought that because the Penguins are usually in the playoffs yeah,
0: for a while. Yeah, it feels. It, I know. I was painting my daughter's bedroom like uh almost ten years ago, like before she was born, and she had a late bur- August birthday, and it was like I think I was still uh, in July or something, still watching playoff hockey. It felt like June or July. It just never ends. That's that's a reason why they end threepeat too be honest they just kept playing 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 and they, they what they got like three weeks off and then had to report to camp like oh, after yeah. the stanley cup like it's just it's wild so yeah uh jumping back on though no i was gonna say like you were saying to just throw like guys who haven't played a snap with the steelers really i think maybe miller got called up like the previous year but he's been a practice squad guy basically and it's just funny to say alan robinson anthony miller Mitch Trubisky, James Daniels, all former Bears. You go back to, like, 2018, 2019, and those guys were all on the Chicago Bears offense. Now they're here with the Steelers. So you're, uh, you're hoping of, well, they didn't have bad seasons, though. None of those guys, to be completely honest. Get the band
1: back together, baby.
0: Yeah, getting the band back together. Mitch was instrumental in orchestrating all of this. But um, just, just, like, looking at the outlook, you've already jumped out and said wide receiver three, and that's, like, the important part of like dictating what's going on here with uh Allen robinson in this trade he's not being looked at to be wide receiver one he's and you would have to think that george pickens is at least a wide receiver two. and if george pickens has any type of setback you have a guy that's been the wide receiver one he's removed from that but how far removed i mean it's kind of like like tampa bay and tom brady bringing it getting like Antonio Brown to come down there or getting, uh, Julio Jones to come down to Tampa and play with them. Nobody would have been knocking this move. Had the Steelers done this last off season, then they would have paid him a lot more money and it'd be like, Oh yeah, this is great. And, and everything like that. So, uh, just with that in mind, we have been talking on the previous show about whether or not the Steelers could surprise and go after a wide receiver in the draft. And now this obviously impacts their draft plans. And here's how it goes, right? We, me and you were already talking about this off air. They don't have to reach or there's like a wide receiver there. They could take them if they feel that's the best player available. And with having Darnell Washington, a tight end, just kind of visit casually, I think after we recorded the last show or around that time, I don't know if I mentioned that, uh, they might be looking to add in some different areas. If they don't get the offensive tackle they want, we're hearing some uh, winds swirling about Darnell Wright may have some off-field concerns now. Uh, Offensive tackle out of Tennessee, right, I think. And who knows what the tackle situation is going to look like. So maybe they go with an oversized tight end. Brian was saying, you put that guy on the field and you have an extra tackle out there, <laughs> you know, and then you got a, got an extra weapon that's on the field. But this also, this opens up the slot. This could be your slot receiver. You can move some guys around. It, it screams typical Steelers that you got a guy that's experienced that could at least lead the way. If Calvin Austin has any setbacks and his, remember Calvin Austin came off of the pup list. He didn't, or, did he, or was he on IR to start the season? Whichever one he was on, he came off the list and he was like, he had that three week window to be activated and he had some setback and then ended up out for the rest of the season because you can't put somebody on IR twice, you know? So he, he did start with IR, but he did make the roster obviously in order to be on injured reserve for, for that period of time and be eligible to come back, but he hasn't, he hasn't played. And what if he's not the same guy? We were just talking about this with Devin Bush, for example, and how guys like they get injured and are not the same player anymore, and uh, are you going to count on Anthony Miller? Are you going to cut on, still on the roster, are you going to count on Gunnar Oshevsky? Like, is that who you want as your wide receiver three, or would you be much happier with Alan Robinson, who's coming in and you've got the Rams covering two-thirds of his salary over 10 million, you're only paying him 5 million, and you move back 16 spots with the seventh round pick because the Steelers don't have a fifth or a sixth rounder. So that's important to note too. That's not usually where they target a wide receiver. They would probably do it. I don't know anywhere on this board, but this class is so weird. You just keep hearing how somebody's gonna fall, how somebody could be overvalued, undervalued. But you know, it this th- the way their roster is composed. You're probably thinking third or fourth rounder, right? You could jump with one of the extra second rounders, but now they don't have to jump at anybody at all. You don't. You add another wide receiver in the draft, and yeah, it might bump Gunner or Miller or somebody off the roster, but it's kind of more of a luxury now. It's like the the insurance policy that they've Provided in other spots just to make sure they didn't have to go and reach for that rookie player to be like a week one contributor, uh, should the other things not fall into place.
1: Yeah, I mean, I i heard that they really weren't high on the receiver class as a whole this year, which a lot of NFL teams aren't. Um, we've talked about this before, but there really isn't any clear-cut wide receiver one of this class. And the projections and the mock drafts for where the receivers are going in the first round are all over the place. We've mentioned Jordan Addison before. I've seen him go top eleven. I've seen him go at thirty to the Eagles. Uh, the TCU receiver, I've seen him go top ten and in the thirties. So this receiver class, it's really offensive scheme dependent and how each team values each guy. It's all going to be different. There, I'm almost certain of any draft surprises this will be a frequent one that we're going back to as the drafts unfolding next week, how much the receivers are either falling or how certain guys are getting elevated and picked by teams that you didn't see coming. Like for instance, I saw Peter Schrager from good morning football. Good morning football. He put Jonathan Mingo, my boy at pick 29 to the saints in the first round. I was thinking we get him at 49. So
0: <laughs> I know Schrager's right? pretty well connected what I, exactly that's like i'm thinking mingo was like late second round early third rounder did you see who Schrager uh gave the steelers by the way
1: Yeah, marish johnson
0: yeah tackle he thought johnson Which was I would fall be to a 17. fan of it and what he thought he was gonna he th- he, th- he believed that johnson would fall all the way down to 17 that was without a trade too
1: yeah that goes along with the last show we were on together where i said i don't think they should trade up for a tackle because everybody well-connected people included like peter Schrager, are saying they're going to get a top three guy at seventeen um especially maybe darnell right now which i i'm woke to this i think darnell writes off-field concerns and his character issues maybe because he's had a couple screenshots go viral of him talking shit to critics on twitter and you know like character concerns is a broad statement to make it is so if the guy's just a little feisty on social media they might be like oh this guy's easy he's, he's a, not a team player so if if that's what the character concerns with Darnell, right? I would still totally take him on my team. He's a nasty tackle and I like my lineman to be nasty. Um, but yeah, he had Schrager, Schrager had Paris Johnson just falling to 17 and he's not the first guy to do that. Um, but getting back to receiver, yeah, I don't think the Steelers were very high on this receiver class as a whole. I think it's very hard to figure out and try to predict where guys are going to go and how teams uh, value this class. And this way, they have made themselves so flexible with the draft. They're touching their toes. I- I've already gone on and on about how I'm excited about the draft flexibility currently with the additions they've made in the free agency period with Patrick Peterson, Cole Holcomb, the lineman additions. Like they've set themselves, they've set themselves up so well that that's why we're having these debates about the first round because there's no clear choice in the first round right now for the Steelers and. And getting Robinson for nothing, they check another need, air quotes, off that list. Because I did think they needed a wide receiver three, somebody else to add to the room. And they've done that by acquiring Allen Robinson for nothing. Now, as far as drafting a receiver, um, I'd be more surprised if they didn't draft a receiver than if they do. Even with the Allen Robinson addition. Just because yeah. it's more rare than not for the Steelers to do that. They are the best team at it and I don't think it'll happen in the first three rounds, but I think it'll happen if they are able to trade back in this year's draft at any point and acquire uh, a fifth or sixth round pick. Like you said, they don't have those picks right now and that's very unlike them. So I do anticipate when the drafts all said and done, I'm pretty sure the Steelers will have picked somebody in the fifth or sixth round. I just don't know how they're going to get those picks yet. If they have a pick in that range, I'm open to a receiver because that's around the range where if anybody's going to take a flyer on a receiver that late, you trust the Steelers to do it. And I, I like the kid from Michigan State, Reed. Uh, he's been getting a little traffic lately, a little attention from scouts. Um, he was in for a visit here, and he should be able to be had around that range. So that's a name for you. don't think Mingo's realistic at this point unless they want to take a guy early, but I'm, I'm content this point with the receiver room and how it is. I don't think they need to take a guy early. I don't think they will, but I think there's a good chance they'll still take a guy in the later rounds depending on what you call a later round because that's just part of their MO. And um you mentioned Anthony Miller. He's right there with Calvin Austin in the same category. They're different players, like clearly Anthony Miller is like a five or six year veteran and Calvin Austin's a second year guy, but they both have the ability to be the wide receiver three or four for the Steelers. But do you really want to put all your eggs in that basket on, on two guys who missed all of last year? Like, I I didn't want to do that. And clearly the Steelers didn't want to do it either.
0: No, you're right there. I had to grab my pen. That's like, you you would get along good with my kid uh, because she has all the fidgets, like the little pop things and the fidgets. I got my cube
1: right here. It's got oh. all the sides to it.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. It really is. Um I'll, you made me forget what I was going to say, but uh, I know what the next part of this topic was. You said something, and it'll come back to me here in a second because uh you're mentioning Kelvin Austin and those guys. Yeah, that Calvin Austin and Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller, former second-round pick, he was like pick 49 or something. I'll go look it yeah. up like overall, like years ago. Tw- he got Antonio
1: Brown comps.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. And you know what? He he was chiseled, man. He was so, he was in such great shape. Both of those guys, the reason why people had such great things to say about Mitch Trubisky and camp, mostly because those two guys, and remember they were getting all the work because Deontay Johnson was doing his little quiet, quit, sit in, uh, kind of deal, trying to get a new deal. And that brings us over to, um, Allen Robinson. So, okay. So everybody else kind of, were like, okay, Allen Robinson jumps in here. He's going to leave. Probably he's going to be wide receiver three. Oh, why did some people are thinking higher than that and are obviously wondering, man, 29 years old, it's going to be 30 end of August as you enter the season. Is this guy, did they just trade for a washed up guy? And why would they trade for this guy? I think we mentioned a lot of the why, but $5 million isn't that much. And I saw somebody make a snide remark about Derek Watt who's still out there in free agency. His cap hit was where it was because they pushed all that money into the third year of his deal. It wasn't that they were paying him that higher amount of money, but yeah. Uh, would you rather spend that money on Derek Watt as far as an offensive piece, mind you, he's also a special teamer. I saw that too, but it's like just on offense. Yeah. You're going to go with Allen Robinson. If Allen Robinson offers you anything on special teams, then of course that's a bonus. And he, he doesn't, but 5 million isn't much for a veteran guy, uh, going rate. Right. And mind you, his contract's really a $15 million contract. It's just that they, uh, that, uh, Omar Khan swindled the Rams into taking on a, a good chunk of that. And that's where I think what we were talking about, but Dupree before also, a lot of people are like, oh, there was something that Jerry Dulak put out earlier today. I'm not sure if you actually saw it or not, but it was um about like they weren't gonna offer the same kind of money to Alex Highsmith that they were willing to offer Bud Dupree. I'm like, they weren't gonna offer Bud Dupree that much money. The reason this Robinson deal went through is because the Dupree one fell through. Dupree was about the net five million for a year. That's where his that's where his money is, and I think that's what he signed for in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. One year, $5 million. So it just screamed to me that that was the money they had earmarked. That move didn't work to solidify edge rusher. We got to scrap our draft uh, mock drafts and boards. I put an edge rusher on mine the other day over at SteelCityUnderground.com. Uh, it was the uh, Owasu uh, kid. I'm trying to remember where he's from now. But it was like a third-round pick or fourth-round pick or something like that. And then that's where they're going to find their depth there. But it's depth. You know what I mean? A wide receiver- I do want to say because, yeah. because this
1: happens... Almost every show, and I don't know what it is about him because normally I would be psyched about a third round pick. Maybe it's like the uncertainty of where he's going to play, but I want to issue a formal apology on my side for uh, DeMarvin Leal because I know oh, we yeah. have DeMarvin Leal and I know like he's like a tweener and could be an edge rusher. And when he was healthy last year, there were signs of promise, and I'm excited for him. Oh, yeah. But The way the Steelers were making moves, I mean, the fact that they had Bud Dupree in to be the three and interviewed him and and put him through a physical, that tells me, I could be wrong, it tells me that the Steelers view DeMarvin Leal with his hand in the dirt on the defensive line. Even though he was a little skinny-ish for that last year, it, it tells me that either they've talked with him or they've made the decision like, hey, we should put this kid on the line. Let's try to find the backup edge rusher elsewhere. So I admittedly, had just glossed over him episode and episode again while this Bud Dupree thing was going on. and um, But I don't blame myself because the Steelers did this. <laughs> they were the ones who displayed interest outside of DeMarvin Leal. So I I think he's going to be a good player for the Steelers still. He's got a lot of promise, but I, I don't know if I see him in the edge rusher room.
0: You're absolutely correct. And the reason he played out there, and don't forget, he got hurt too and ended yeah. up on IR. Their plans for him, he bulked up a little bit. He's he's meant to not be the Stefan it replacement, but to be groomed to be coming in behind Hayward and Og and Joby. Again, they went with the veteran, they drafted. Well, they got Ogan Joby later after they found out that Tuitt wasn't going to return and officially retired. Although I think they had an inkling of that to begin with. But uh yeah. Uh, Lee owl definitely, he's going to be defensive line, hand in the dirt. I don't view him as an outside linebacker. The only reason they had him out there is because yeah, he was a little bit of a tweener. We weren't sure if he would trim down and play over there. I think he's a little tall for that spot too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but also, he's a big like, guy. yeah. And Malik Reed just wasn't getting it done. And then he got dinged and they didn't have enough body. So they had to throw him out there, uh, lining up on the tackle or outside the tackle versus, you know, playing uh, a gap or B gap and, uh, up against, uh, guards and centers, for the most part so he's part of the rotation and i think they need extra bodies you don't have chris Warmley anymore so he's going to immediately be like the next guy off the bench for sure and then i think they could add somebody probably here in the draft and that's not to like poo poo on isaiah loudermilk or anything either but some of the names we're looking at absolutely it fits in so uh no it's all it's all cohesive cool.
1: yeah. in my opinion this works is. this is a great segue that it's nothing against Isaiah, Isaiah Loudermilk. It's nothing against Montrevious Adams. It's nothing against Anthony Miller or Calvin Austin. But if you can upgrade that spot, you do, naturally. The business, again, the NFL is a business. And I think that tying into the draft aspect, you know, a lot of people were kind of resistant or wondering how the Steelers would spend a top three or four pick on edge rusher depth. You know, now that Bud Dupree didn't come through. A little bit of panic set in from Steeler fans after Bud Dupree decided to go to the Falcons. Well, now... <laughs> Me? <laughs> a little bit. Well, well, now they have the flexibility where you might not have been able to account for that pick before, but I think it's because a lot of people, myself included, were assuming the Steelers were going to target a receiver in the first four rounds. Now they don't have to. That opens up a spot now because of Allen Robinson for them to try and address edge depth.
0: Correct. Absolutely correct. And you might get you might find your third round gem like another Alex Highsmith. You don't end up getting a deal done with him, which I think they will. They were able to get James Harrison. They had James Harrison under a pretty decent contract years ago and then made Lamar Woodley like the highest paid defensive player in team history. So it can happen. And that was with Troy Polamalu and I believe still... Casey Hampton was near the end of his uh, contract there. He got and, Kenny
1: on a rookie yeah, deal. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think, it, I think it could happen. I think it could still add a, a high dollar item. But that's what we were talking about. It was like, okay, you make your jokes and Buda Baker comes in. Well, then that's almost like, okay, you can't afford to make anybody else a top 10 highest paid player. Like those Friar Muth and Najee Harris contracts are still a year or two off in the distance. Like they don't have to jump on that. Najee could always be 50 year options as well. But... Uh, back to where we were was whether or not Allen Robinson was washed up. And here's uh, here's the point with, and, and this goes into, we didn't get too far derailed there with the DeMarvin Leal talk or even just Edge Rusher because who's going to play more snaps? If Dupree was signed, he'd probably play more just because he's Bud Dupree. Okay. Uh, when you have a healthy TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, is that third outside linebacker going to play more than a wide receiver three? I don't think so. There's a lot of three wide receiver sets that third wide receiver sometimes can play 50, 60% of the game, depending on the matchup. And that just goes to now is Allen Robinson washed up? That's what people want to ask. That's what people want to say. And they look at the statistics, and we talk about being a stats whore, and I'm guilty of it. And I'm going to bring up some of his stats. I know. Jesus is always. This actually look doesn't look too bad, but right now it's like teeny tiny on the screen. Sometimes it looks a bit bigger and better depending on what device you got this on. So if you could blow this up even more than me, uh, you'll be able to see last used that year.
1: Line many times myself.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's what she said, right? Thirty-three receptions, three hundred thirty-nine yards, three touchdowns. He had Matt Stafford for most of the games, but that's with playing with Cooper Cup. Okay. He only
1: played ten games.
0: Yeah, he only played ten games and put up these numbers. And the reason I'm going to show you these is because. I'm going to show you the next guy here in a second to compare him to. And, you know, there's a a huge disparity here. But, yeah, okay, he's a year removed. Okay, let's go to 2021 when he had – now, Nick Foles didn't throw to him, but Andy Dalton and a rookie, Justin Fields, and what was a terrible offense that got Matt Nagy fired, 38 receptions, 410 yards. I mean, there's 66 targets his way, but how many of those are catchable balls? Didn't I see a stat somewhere that he's, like, in the top five? Uh when it comes to least drop passes and catch percentage. Over uh, yeah, the I got it right here. He's
1: tied for fourth since NF since 2020 in the NFL for lowest drop rates. You got Tyler Boyd checking in at number one at one point seven percent, which is crazy. Hail to bit. good for him. Amon um, Ross St. Brown checks in at number two at one point nine percent. Also a big fan of his restore the roar. Uh Hunter Renfro, two percent, Devonte Adams and Allen Robinson. Tied at
0: 2.2%. There you go. Uh, that's I'm sorry, Deontay Johnson not on that list.
1: <laughs> uh, I think he's a little far down.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, hmm, can't see you down there. Uh, but yeah, it, it, and now you take those out. And I understand this is a eternity. It's a lifetime in the NFL. He
1: missed four games in 2021 too, because I was looking yes. at this too. Because 2020 was his last big season. You know, 1,250 yards. Yep, there
0: it is. But, Six TDs. You
1: know. He's had a drop-off the past two years, but you got to take circumstance into account. Again, he's not 33 years old. He's 29. And in 2020, the Bears were a dumpster fire. Like you said, they were getting rid of Matt Nagy. They couldn't do anything right. And Robinson was known as disgruntled like the minute he signed there. So not only is his head not in it, but he also missed four games. And then he goes to the Rams. And I already said this, but Stafford only throws the Cooper Cup. Like, that's his... But buddy, he, he loves going to Cooper Cup when in doubt and when he has time. And Allen Robinson got the crap end of the stick on that. And by the time Alan Robinson had earned a role, I guess, in Matt Stafford's eyes and worked his way into the offense, Stafford got hurt. And then he's working with Baker Mayfield and whoever else they have playing quarterback, John Wolford. I don't even know if he was still there or not. But yeah, um it, Bryce something. It, so I don't really too. think he's just like, oh, he's he he had a uh, lackluster past two years means he's not good anymore. I don't believe that at all. He's going into his 10th season and he's only 29. He's got the experience. He's got, he's got something left in the tank. I think the fact that the Steelers think so should mean something to people, the best team in the NFL ever at evaluating receivers. Yeah. They miss a couple here and there, you know, babe Ruth missed a couple pitches, but the Steelers, they do this in their sleep with one arm tied behind their back. They know how to evaluate receivers specifically to fit their offense. And, in 2013, the Steelers had a guy named Jericho Cottery. Steeler legend. It was uh, his yes. second year with the team. It was his tenth season, and he caught ten touchdowns. Okay, he had 46 catches for 602 yards, ten touchdowns. Robinson is entering his tenth season this year, and I think that's that stat line you can hundred percent expect. I actually I think he'll do a little bit better than that. Um, I don't know if he'll break a thousand yards. But I think you see him in the neighborhood of around 700, 800 yards, 10 touchdowns is a lot. But as far as making that kind of an impact for your offense, he can do that at this point in his career. He's got a lot left.
0: Yeah, he's definitely going to be a red zone target. He's only one of three active players who've had a single season with at least 1,400 receiving yards and 14 receiving touchdowns.
1: Oh, you stole my stat. I
0: had that down. Ah, yes, I had it too. The other two were Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. I good company. Yeah, I understand. He, you know, he's getting long in the tooth, but if you're not relying on the guy to be 100% uh, all the time, On the field he's playing like anywhere from a third to two-thirds of the game 30 to 60 percent i mean why not throw a weapon like that out there again i'll bring it up when he does play full seasons he puts up the numbers uh you go back to his second year in jacksonville that was his pro bowl season 14 touchdowns 1400 yards it's the one we referenced that's 80 receptions he had some down years but he played with blake bortles uh that should be that should be like nobody like craps all over deandre hopkins for playing with I don't even know, like, um, and then just name somebody, Tom Savage or uh, TJ Yates, (laughs) like, uh, like, who are these bums, you know, just bums, just flat out bums.
1: Oh, yeah. Robinson was the quintessential. I actually had to go back and delete a tweet about this, but he uh, (laughs) was the quintessential every single year. You would have people crying about him on Twitter being like, somebody save Alan Robinson. Oh, my God. He's so much better than this. Somebody save Alan Robinson. I said, dude, I'm sick of hearing about this. Be a man and demand the trade. So uh, the other day when we traded for him, I went back and grabbed that tweet and I commented. I said, in my defense, he manned up. He went to a went to a new team, so he's safe. I'm all in on uh. Allen Robinson now. But that he was like the protected son of, of like NFL fans, as far as like receivers that like aren't being used to their potential. It was like, oh my god, this guy can be so much better. Get him with a good quarterback, please. And um, it, it finally happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, he still put up the numbers, 2019. Okay, I know we're looking at the History Channel here, but 98 catches, 1147, seven touchdowns, and then 102, 1250 for six in 2020. Those were two healthy seasons, and won't say the quarterback play was necessarily great with those, but it's got to be better than, like I said, a rookie Justin, nobody liked rookie Justin Fields, and he got benched, it was off and on, and it's Andy Dalton.
1: Really? Oh, yeah, dude. I that mean, last Twitter, 100%. year, 100%.
0: They kind of unlocked the cheat code. It was up, up, down, down. Left, left, right. I know, but it's still, man. Uh, I'm I, I have your my card. doubts. I have my doubts. I have my doubts. See, I didn't have the biggest problem with Justin Fields. I loved Dwayne Haskins, by the way, when he was playing in college. I was like, to the point where I wanted JT Barrett benched in a Big Ten championship game. JT Barrett well, was crazy. How could you crazy. not? Crazy.
1: Records man, he was so sick at Ohio State.
0: Great pocket passer, man, rest in peace. Like, not the joking kind, uh, but yeah. So, is Allen Robinson really washed? Are they really paying a lot for these numbers? If he gives you 38 for 410 and a few touchdowns, or 33 for 339 and a few touchdowns, Mm -hmm. and he's anywhere from Oh, yards per reception. It's been down 10.8, 10.3. But if you get you up into 12.3, 11.7, 13.7, those are, those are good numbers. No, uh, you're, you're right. You you're need. right. Dude. I, I'm setting the bar a little high, not wide as,
1: receiver high as three, three, wide receiver yeah, three, three. Yeah, and, and <laughs> with the second year quarterback is the thing mm-hmm. too. And I don't, you'll be hard pressed to find someone who's more on Kenny Pickett than me. I, I, I got my ticket stamped and I am, in the front of the bus. Like I am sold on Kenny Pickett, Kenny franchise, but I heard Mike Florio in particular, who I appreciate the sentiment and the enthusiasm, but he was like, watch Allen Robinson go for 1200 yards on the Steelers. And I'm like, buddy, I, that would be incredible. But I think, I don't think he accounted for the passing yards aspect because I think Deontay and George Pickens have a good shot at going a thousand a pop. But then after that, you know, you've got Fryer to account for and Najee, and then there's Allen Robinson and then the other factors like Connor Hayward and Calvin Austin, um, Zach Gentry, Najee, so yeah, there's yeah. other targets to go around. If you're going to give George Pickens and Deontay a thousand a pop, which I, I think is the more realistic expectation of the ones and twos, I don't know how you fit in a 1200 yard season for Allen Robinson, but no. I would take like 500. That That's a a great stat line for a wide receiver. Three, couple touchdowns, couple crucial plays, and of course, if Deontay or George Pickens has to miss a game or two, which is possible, he'll get even more looks and more opportunities in the offense. And I saw somebody complaining about um, they were worried about the fact that as a as as a rookie and a second year player, a lot of people wanted George Pickens and Pat Firemouth to get more targets as it is. So they're like, is this trade going to get in the way of that, both for the Steelers benefit no. and fantasy football. And what I'll say to that is if it wasn't going to be Allen Robinson, like eating into targets, it would have been Anthony Miller, or Calvin Austin or Gunnar Arshevsky, just because there's a not as good number three there. Kenny's still going to look to the open guy and throw it to him. So why not maximize that position? And why not get a guy who's certifiably better than Gunnar Oshevsky or Anthony Miller or Calvin Austin at this point? So worrying about the target share, I think that's a little premature and irrelevant because Kenny also is going to be going into year two. I expect more opportunities for all of the receivers at that point. You know, Kenny, he had to miss multiple games with a concussion issue. He didn't get a whole lot of work with the ones before giving the starting nod He had to face a murderer's row of opponents his first few games. So I I don't think the um, lack of firepower in the offense last year is an indicator of things to come for his career. I think he'll spread the ball around just fine. Uh, but yeah, I think as, yeah. I think expecting 1,200 yards from a Rob is
0: a little bit much. I, I I'll be honest with you, I don't think there's going to be more than one 1,000 <laughs> yard receiver. It's not only just the number of uh, mouths to feed. I just don't know that they're going to throw the ball. He's not going to turn it. Kenny Pickett's not going to turn into Peyton Manning overnight. And you're throw closer, for like 4, you're closer down yards. to earth
1: than I am. I yeah. got it's it's almost more of my trust and expectations in Deontay and Pickens than it is Kenny thinking they'll go for a thousand yards. But at the same time, I can say that and know that in my head, I feel like a safer bet would be like Deontay just about eclipsing a thousand and Pickens goes for like 800. But he has more touchdowns
0: and there's 17 games. So who's to say that they, you know, there's more opportunity for those type of statistics and things and records and things to be broken. Uh, But Robinson, like. You just said it. You have a second-year quarterback. This is somebody that he can trust, that he could throw the ball to. Your second-year quarterback. It's going to be a security blanket. And now you got to cover Allen Robinson. He's no slouch as a route runner. He's really, really <laughs> good at contested
1: and catches. His tape is littered with
0: it. Yeah, six-two. I mean, this is a guy that I loved coming out of college. I just, it was just too rich of a pick. In fact, where did Allen Robinson go? He went pretty. Um, uh, uh second, second round 60 61st so he was still oh. there it was one of those dates. yeah 2014 it was before we were doing uh any of the uh podcasting stuff here but it was somebody it's like here's one of the best available on the board And i'm like oh man it'd be really great to to get this guy for you know penn state guy you know it's like it's all falling into place and then uh it didn't fall into place at all because uh who'd the Steelers take 2014 Second Dezir. round, Steph, uh, Stephon to it, yeah. So Stephon to it. That's not Dezir. a bad pick, not a bad pick at all. And of course, Devonte Adams goes fifty three, <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. But now, now he's there, and it's like you got to guard him. Do the Browns have somebody that can line up in the slot and cover both Pat Fryermuth and Allen Robinson or George Pickens? We know they didn't do that, and now you slide Connor Hayward out there and go empty. Like they're just they 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 started to beat the teams up like that you saw how easy it was both of us were like george pickens lines up in the slot and you're like that's a touchdown both of touchdown, those down dude yeah yep. versus games. the browns and versus and the, the raiders ravens. he was in the
1: slot oh this. the raiders
0: yeah and then the, and then the ravens do, do the ravens have uh they might be a little better equipped with their secondary the bengals They've got to do some work on their secondary safety wise, and and they still got Mike Hilton as far as coverage or outside guys. They got a little bit of work to do. Chidobe Awuzie getting uh, back from injury and stuff like that. At their talent but,
1: level aside, on those teams, Robinson is so good at contested catches and attacking the ball at its catch point um, that you know who Kenny got a lot of practice with doing that last year. The guy who led the NFL in contested catches, George Pickens. So Kenny's already comfortable giving his guy a chance if he feels like he can trust him. And that's a big part of Robinson's repertoire.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel feel like the washed up thing we went a little long on. So why don't we jump over to, since we're talking about AFC North and we're talking about comps. Odell Mm -hmm. Beckham Jr. Remember this little rumor that flew around and we talked about this, I think even back before he signed with the Baltimore Ravens. On the wide receiver show, we looked up and down we thought, Hey, are the Steelers, are they, are they set? Are they going to do something? Are they going to add another body? And there was like, somebody said on their show. Oh, Odell would be a great, they weren't even looking at Odell. They weren't even talking to Odell Beckham. And lo and behold, the Baltimore Ravens come out and sign them for a year. 15 million smackaroos. I think 13 of those guaranteed for a guy who didn't play football last year. For a guy that's, uh, I think he's missing an MCL, an ACL, a PCL. There might be an XCL or a USSCL or something in there. (laughs) And And he's a year older than Allen Robinson. And guess what? Do you think Odell Beckham signs that contract to be wide receiver two, wide receiver three with the Baltimore Ravens? Hell no. He's meant to be your wide receiver one. I'm just sitting here like, would you rather have Allen Robinson for those of you who are bitching about it? Or would you have rather made that bonehead move and gave all that money to Odell Beckham Jr. Who hasn't played in a year is 31 or about to be 31 years of age, which is the fall-off point. He may have won. And it's hard to say good season because I have a hard time remembering when he was last solid.
1: Those I, people, they, they fail to see the, uh, they they want Odell Beckham over Allen Robinson, but they want him to get the Allen Robinson paycheck and, and take what it took to get Allen Robinson for Odell Beckham. They don't have the foresight to be like, oh well, you got to take into account the fact that the Steelers got Allen Robinson for nothing, and the Ravens gave OBJ eighteen million or whatever. Who I also heard recently, this is hilarious that he wasn't even given a guarantee that Lamar is going to be there. They, they like he's like actually all the stories where Lamar recruited. Odell now Odell's out here at the press conference He's been like, Oh yeah, I sure would love to play with Lamar. I Hope he's listening.
0: <laughs> uh, did they, they just brought another quarterback in for a visit too. Was it hooker? Maybe I'm trying to I think know who they it met was. with
1: uh, Richardson. I'm pretty sure.
0: Was it Richardson? I think they, are they trying to move up? Like uh, Richardson's not going to be in their trajectory. I think. Uh, uh, you know what?
1: Richardson's tricky, dude. I'm a fan of his personally, but I was just thinking about this. There's guys every year. And I know he's a quarterback, so he gets elevated. But there is a chance teams are a little like more hesitant on him than we think. Um, or myself thinks, I should say. Uh, so I'm just prepared for that. I think it's I hope all, all four of the top four plus Hendon Hooker. I hope all five <laughs> quarterbacks yeah. go before the Steelers pick. That helps us get an elite tackle or quarterback. Yeah. But a part of me wouldn't be that shocked if Richardson um or Will Levis, one of the two of them falls a little farther than people are expecting. Yeah. Definitely not CJ Stroud or Bryce Young.
0: Yeah, and they got Lamar that way, and they traded back yeah. into the first round to be able to do that, and they were able to do the fifth-year fifth, fifth year option last, you know, option it and two years ago for last year. So Otherwise, they would have been uh, on this horizon of whether Lamar's going to play last year. But, yeah. Beckham, it's not like Beckham's already been in the AFC North. Let's not kid ourselves. He put up such amazing numbers with the Cleveland Browns, such as, well, his first year, 74 for 1035. It was all right, right? Four touchdowns. Again, that was 2019. And then in 2020. He missed, uh, let's see, he only played in seven games, still a 16-game season, so he missed nine, 23 for 319 and three touchdowns. And then he ends up playing half of the year Cleveland with Cleveland, 17 for 232 and nothing uh, as far as scoring, and then 27 for 305 and five TDs in uh eight games with the los angeles rams those are all guess what that sounds like the exact same numbers we just read off for alan robinson except alan robinson a third of the price a year younger and he played football last year at least you know he played in 10 games so there's
1: highlights there's yeah. highlights out there on twitter and on youtube of him doing well for the rams last year that's why i'm so shocked there's this like pushback from the haters being like, This guy's not even good anymore. I was like, You're acting like the guy had three catches last year and, and one touchdown. Yeah, I know thirty-three, three thirty nine and three isn't the most impressive stat line in the world, but to act like he just gave them nothing, considering everything, Stafford, Cup, everybody getting hurt, I, I don't I don't get it. I, I think right. it's just people trying to keep the Steelers down, man.
0: That Rams offensive line was complete shit. Yeah, you had what Whitworth retired. They lost. Um, who else did they lose off of that line? Was it Kappa? Was Kappa the one that was over there? Or was it, uh, am I confusing I'm not sure. the Bucks they almost
1: here. lost here? Yeah, in the I mean, season.
0: yeah, it, they signed one of the tackles that had been a reserve guy to a bigger contract to not lose them and stuff like that. So I'm trying to remember who else was there, but they just couldn't protect Matt. That's why Matt Stafford got hurt. Every quarterback yeah. got hurt. Now Mayfield didn't end up throwing to Robinson. Robinson was gone in a way by then. Uh, But, yeah, I'm just looking at this like, if you wanted Odell Beckham, this isn't even great value Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham is great value Allen Robinson at this point, you know? Uh,
1: Yeah, Odell's deal is terrible value. I I wouldn't have been – I would have talked myself into it, but I would have been, like, not thrilled if Uh, the Steelers did this for Odell Beckham. It would have created more problems than solutions. And I'll say this about Allen Robinson's health. It's tough to ever argue about this because you only know so much as a fan, but you only know – what the NFL and what the teams can provide for you. And he passed his physical Allen Robinson. Did he not? He did. And that is the test that teams administer to decide if player X is healthy enough or not to sign his contract. The Steelers and their doctors have deemed Robinson good to go. So that's all the relief I can offer right now. It's it's not like it's not a good thing that he passed his physical, but everybody sees Oh, he missed this amount of time last year and this the year before. So he must, he must be a busted wheel at this point. I, that's why they do the physical man. Like things can go wrong. They always can go wrong, but I don't like to live on that side of the world right now. Robinson is healthy. He's good to go. And he should give the Steelers something they didn't have in their offense. Currently. That is a reliable veteran receiver um, who's had proven success for 10 years in the NFL.
0: Yeah, no, I'm totally with you, my dude. It is time to uh, just jump off of the whole wide receiver thing. I think we're happy with the move. There was uh, one other thing that happened over the last couple of weeks, and we didn't mention it here on the show, and it's time to bring up the hiring of Glenn Thomas as an offensive assistant coach. He comes with a lot of experience working with quarterbacks and as an OC at the college level. And he comes in probably, you should start reading tea leaves on this, not only to help Kenny Pickett, but to probably make sure that Matt Canada isn't out of his mind, off his gourd. And this may even be something, this is a different general manager crew. I know like Art Rooney II doesn't like to fire people mid-season or make any moves like this, but Mike Sullivan is the guy that has some offensive coordinator experience. He's the current quarterback's coach. They have like another option there should something happen with Matt Canada. Now or into the future, Sullivan might be the in-house candidate, at least temporarily, to move into that spot. I think that was a smart move. It was one that we definitely had to acknowledge on this show because it flew under the radar.
1: Yeah, I mean that'll that'll get the people riled up that hate the Steelers internal hires, but you have to think of the bigger picture. Think of Kenny Pickett. You know, nobody knows if Mike Sullivan or uh what's the new guy's name? Glenn
0: Thomas. Glenn Thomas. Fine. Glenn Thomas. Did you say Glenn okay. Fry <laughs> <laughs> all, all the 80s uh who was that? Was Glenn Fry the um Miami Vice or no, no, that was Jan uh Hammer. Oh, it did something about, though. You belong to the city, you belong to the night. Anyways. Yeah. Glenn Thomas, Glenn Thomas,
1: <laughs> Glenn E T big yes. GT. Uh, so I, um, I think that people will get upset when they hear you say something like that being like, Oh, well, these guys could possibly be the successors to Matt Canada if, if he fails. And the thing is, it, there's no reason to get upset because there's no bad ball on tape from Sullivan or GT, my guy, Glenn Thomas, That would have you thinking, oh, no, they're just accepting mediocrity. What they're doing would be transitioning to a coach that Kenny Pickett's already comfortable with and already knows how to work with. Obviously, you would hope and assume they wouldn't just run the same offense as Canada, but there would be a level of comfortability there. We wouldn't have to completely hit the reset on Kenny Pickett. Um, But that's a situation right now that doesn't really need, like, hopefully Canada just does well. But you're right. This This puts them in a spot, the Steelers, that if Canada... Heaven forbid, has a slow start or the offense just isn't doing anything, they can turn to a guy like Mike Sullivan or Glenn Thomas and say, all right, you've worked with Kenny for this long. Let's see what you can do with more reins, with more of your hands in the pile. Let's see what you can do for this offense. Um, I like the move because of that. That's like a, a safety net aspect. I also just like it because it just shows Steelers are trying, they're trying to make improvements. You know, I know that. They can't do everything the fans want them to do. But I think it's pretty well-known knowledge that Matt Canada, like he had a rough go last year. You know, you you don't want to put all the blame on him. Like I already mentioned Kenny's concussions and how Kenny needed to get reps with the offense, with the ones and the offensive line. And there's a lot of factors. But to see the Steelers actually realize and say, we can't do what we did last year again this year that Feels good from a fan perspective. Uh, whether or not Glenn Thomas is going to provide a lick of anything, at least the Steelers are trying to improve the offense. They're trying to set Kenny Pickett up for success by getting him offensive assistance, by getting him Allen Robinson, by getting him Isaac Sumalo. So uh, uh, all systems go from Team Kenny Pickett.
0: Yeah, uh, I can't disagree with any of that, Glenn Thomas. Someone on here is going to be a smartass and say, so you thought of glenn fry when you thought of him and it was he he did record a so um he had solo career he was with the eagles uh if you remember hotel california and everything like that i don't know if you're a classic rock uh vinyl era not cassette era but cassette era miami vice that was miami vice see brain still works the memory is still a steel trap every now and then so uh but if i don't bring up the eagles there's gonna be some like brian aged curmudgeon that's going to come after me. And I'm sorry. I was born in 81. The Eagles disbanded by then. All right. Uh, still love the Eagles. Love Glenn Frey. Love Don Henley. Uh, I love the uh, solos and all together with that band. So I had to bring that up though, because I just, I just know somebody's going to be, Oh, you didn't mention the Eagles. What do you know? You young whippersnapper yelling at the clouds. So um, I'm a
1: Kanye guy. Kanye. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding.
0: <laughs> well, we can talk about Yee in a second. Let's talk about the real Yee right here. Omar Khan, and you just mentioned a whole bunch of it right there at the close of what you were just saying. The Khan is getting it done. He is just, I know like some people are disregarding. I think it's just you get used to the operandi, whatever, modus, the standard operation of the Steelers under Kevin Colbert. Kevin Colbert made some moves and set this team up in a pretty good position for Omar to take the baton and go, and Andy Weidel as well. I'm sure they're both working in team. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, hall of Famer. Yeah, Kevin Colbert is without a doubt. He's his resume speaks for itself. You just look yeah. at some of the second round picks and some of the late round picks and the guys that have, uh, if Antonio Brown wasn't such a knucklehead, he would have been headed to the hall of fame too. He would probably own every Steelers receiving record. If he would have stuck around just a tad bit longer, two, three seasons. But I digress. Omar Khan though. He, people are saying the con artist and all of these other things. He is just, he's putting on a show. I think, um, it's showing that he's not a newbie to the NFL circles, that he knows how to negotiate and he knows how to maximize what he's getting in these contract negotiations, whether it be uh, with players and agents or we're going to see what's going to happen here in the draft as well, but also with this trade. And I said I had to pull this up because it was one of my favorite tweets. We were talking about this and I got to make it just a little a little larger for our folks at home but there it is the world Chico they put Omar Khan's head on Tony Montana out of Scarface he's just sitting at his table uh all he needs is the machine guns <laughs> the world Chico the world is yours if you've ever seen the movie with the big uh globe and everything that he's got there it reminds me of um, Universal Studios globe so but anyways uh this is this is the way this is being operated it's very exciting to be part of this because for many many years the Steelers it would feel were just kind of like in quicksand and they weren't really doing anything in free agency but you also have to understand because they got a guy on a rookie contract right now in Kenny Pickett where they can afford they're not paying Kenny Pickett the oh, Jalen Hurts contracts the Dak Prescott contract the Aaron Rodgers I'm Rogers pretty sure contract. Mitch is making more than him yeah. Mitch is making more than him right now. I'm surprised Mitch is still around and there hasn't been any talk on moving off of that contract. I thought that was the first thing I thought of when Alan Robinson was signed. I said, okay, is this the day we hear that Mitch Trubisky something happens with the contract with him? Or are they just going to give him everything that he was promised in good Maybe faith? Maybe with
1: the rookie contracts, we'll have to make more room.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I got to look and see where the Steelers are actually at with that. That's a good segue with that too. But Omar Khan has been the number guy behind this for very many years. He's been the guy behind Kevin Colbert, crunching the numbers, doing doing the hard, putting in the hard work, the man hours, putting in the liquid paper on a B. And- yeah, he was, he
1: was putting in the uh, the intern hours, getting the coffee, man. He was putting in the grind so that he could be in the position that he's in now. And I, I'm so happy with the way Omar Khan has handled his first official full off season. Him and Andy Weidel, not to sell him short, Andy Weidel has been a breath of fresh air. And the two of them have been a beautiful mix of, you know, I love the Steeler Way, obviously. It's in my blood. It's what I know. It's what I preach. But the Steeler Way has gone old. And I'll explain what I mean by that a little bit further. Now, the Steelers were benefited by the fact that they could stick with their older ways because they had guys like Ben Roethlisberger on their team, uh, Paul Amalo, if you want to go back farther, Cam Hayward now, like TJ Watt. Their way of doing things has brought them success, and players that have been on the roster have seen that success and seen that work. As of late, those players aren't really around anymore, and the Steelers themselves haven't, just changed but the NFL as a whole has changed and whether it's not doing guaranteed money with contracts whether it's being hesitant to make trades for proven players like Allen Robinson or during the draft whether it's to enter discussions with a possible free agent that you wouldn't think possible like Orlando Brown who is a top paid tackle right now with the Bengals it's rumored the Steelers were second or third on his list so Andy Weidel and Omar Khan, Khan's been able to take what he has learned over the 20 plus years working under Kevin Colport and with the Steelers. And Weidel has brought in what he knows from Philadelphia. And Omar Khan in his own right, being a younger guy for an for NFL GM, it's a beautiful mix of the Steeler way and the new way. Like they still are the Steelers at heart. Yeah. They still aren't going to trade for Jalen Ramsey or sign Odell Beckham. But they have reached a new level, it feels like, of they're not going to go out and just get a guy that half the people haven't heard of it like, Oh, he's going to be good. Trust me. No, they're getting name brand guys. They're spending money. They're making trades and they're not, this is the Steeler part of it. The Steeler way. They're not overstepping their boundaries. They're not setting themselves up for failure down the Mm -hmm. road. They're doing it all within reason. And the fact that they're doing it so often this off season definitely needs to be um, credited and recognized because I I can't imagine I'm sure someone will comment, but the Steelers have to be having, if not the best, a top three offseason of this uh NFL season.
0: Now, the Cleveland Browns are by far. I keep seeing that everywhere. And I'm like, OK, they signed like a guy that's a defensive tackle that they still need another one and a guy on the end. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's more an evolution. Yeah. And even even Kevin Colbert, there were cracks in his. Um, I don't trade these draft picks when he went and gave the one away for Minka Fitzpatrick, and he also Absolutely. traded up to get Devin Bush. And uh, I still I still believe, like in my heart of hearts, that Devin Bush, if that injury doesn't happen, it's it's it, it to me it, maybe not as big a tragedy as like a Gabe Rivera type. Thing. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a mulligan.
1: But, yeah. The trade worked until yeah. Bush got hurt.
0: I, I just. You won't find me say a cross thing about that, so to speak. It just didn't work, but it was something. It was something new that they tried. And Andy Whitehall is probably somebody that's a little more of that school. Howie Roseman with the Eagles is just wheeling and dealing. And he had a quote. I think they spoke to him today. But I but at least saw the quote today. It was recent. And he called the NFL draft a poker game. And I'm like, man, that is beautiful. As you don't know what cards anybody's been dealt. You don't know what they're holding. You don't know who's bluffing. I like that. I like that. Yeah. They're, they're putting their chips in uh, on a complete bluff or they're really holding the goods. You really don't know. So I I looked up the uh, salary cap, the team space, according to over the cap, this is not, uh, Alan Robinson isn't officially charged toward this yet. So there's still five and a half million in team cap space. You got to think there's some other things that are going to be finessed here. Gunnar Oshevsky could very well be off the roster for all we know. And Calvin Austin is a return guy. And they worked him out there last year. Maybe that's where he starts to, maybe that's where he really plays this year until he kind of gets his feet underneath him. You know what I mean? But these rookies, they got to get out there. Uh, this isn't like the, the heyday of even like 2010 where we're talking about Antonio Brown and then you wait like three years and then you throw a contract at him and it all works out. That doesn't happen anymore either. So you got to be a little more new school. It's because the CBAs and that change, the way the games played has changed, the way people approach the draft. You don't have people going after running backs. There's not like Trent Richardson going at the top of the draft. Very, very, what? We got Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, and probably uh, Saquon Barkley as like the top guys in the last decade that were like in that upper echelon of running backs. Otherwise it's like, you, you don't hear about this anymore. Like a Herschel Walker thing, or that's really what it'd the, be.
1: Uh, nausea.
0: Yeah. Panthers bears trade. That reminds me of the Herschel Walker trade, by the way. Uh, So just, yeah, it, you hit the nail on the head. It's refreshing, but it's still the Steelers. The Steelers are just, they're kind of just refining their own methods. They're still going to build through the draft, but now they've got guys in position. Like this is now where, you don't have to crap your pants that so-and-so gets hurt, and now you have a seventh-round pick that's their primary backup. You know what I mean? So, yeah. knock on wood. That that might still happen in certain spots, but it seemed like over the last couple of years that you go back to two years ago, and they had to play Kendrick Green and Dan Moore. They didn't have a choice, and Zach Banner was... He, he just never got back to full health, and that was a the guy they were counting on, et cetera, et, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, people were
1: hoping to see Zach Banner. That's how bad of a state we were in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... it. And nothing against him. In fact, I don't know. No, if talk- no, I just mean he was a total question mark. Did you catch Good Morning Football by any chance? And they had the orangutan. I was. Yeah, I was yeah. I, I by- tried
1: to. I leave for work around like seven thirty, yeah. but I, I'll catch a little bit of it.
0: Kyle Brant. He said it's orangutan. Uh, orangutan. I love.
1: I love Kyle Brant. He's a big He's, Steelers
0: guy. Tang is a is an orange drink. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said
1: but i remember that, when i was a kid they had the monkey on it too the, the monkey on the uh the juice boxes
0: yeah yeah so the it was, well this was the monkey making the draft picks and one of them one of those picks was zach banner so going oh, yeah in yeah, yeah, time yeah, yeah i saw
1: that i was like oh that's where he went as a rookie yeah, i didn't even know
0: tennessee titans i think right uh, uh, colts colts was it colts yeah wasn't the orangutan announcing the Colts picks Oh, was it only the colts oh well uh more
1: Mac know yeah he did Mack, go to the, you, you're right
0: that. you're right it it was the Colts that he ended up going to he only um fourth round pick so one thirty seven wait you know what but it does say yeah, he's only geez, he was pretty Colts.
1: he was pretty up there I thought he was a late round pick
0: yeah yeah no fourth round 137 2017 life is short my friend that'll do it for us speaking of which thanks for thanks for joining me we got another one in keep keep it keep it going folks keep tuning in we got uh, more coming your way. If you remember last year, it was insane heading into the draft. Had all kind of guests. Had a show almost every day of the week. We'll see what I could fit into the schedule here. Might have a surprise or two. Still, might not. And then we could also see that Zach has drained his uh, Steelers Dubliner Irish whiskey, so maybe he will be uh, in better shape on draft night. Won't we'll be as drunk this. as
1: last year. I promise. Yeah. That was that as was drunk. drunk. Key term. <laughs> Keyword. I was right, though. Kenny Pickett, week four. So I'm hanging my banner.
0: That works, man. I know. Kenny and the Jets. How soon we forget. So that'll do it for us, folks. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Leave a rating, review, wherever you may be. My name's Joe. His name is Zach. I got the white pen today, my friend. Until next time, we encourage all of our viewers and listeners out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later.